Hi folks, uh, welcome along to another episode of Soundtracking, my, at the minute, uh, twice weekly podcast. Um, but I'm getting so much lovely feedback from you guys, so thank you very much in advance for um, letting us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Um, it's, it is our pride and joy, to be honest. Uh, ben, who works on the show with me, we love making it and we love hearing back from you guys. What's nice as well is just uh, hearing from you if you've listened to it for the first time or there's been quite a lot of you dipping into past episodes which has been great someone messaged us about Hugh Grant this week which was brilliant and bizarrely I was watching Paddington 2 last night as you join me I'm just about to interview Lynn manuel Miranda uh, about many things so I'm very excited to share that episode with you talking about Hamilton obviously he's got a new film out coming out called Tick Tick Boom which stars Andrew Garfield and also a new Disney animation called Encanto which is wonderful so that's on the way but our latest guest on soundtrack and returns to the podcast to discuss a very different film than the one she spoke about previously Chloe Zhao quite rightly landed critical acclaim and many awards for Nomadland at the start of the year and now ends it by co-writing and directing Eternals for Marvel Studios. It stars Gemma Chan, Barry Keown, Kit Harrington, Selma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden to name but a few. And it tells the story of alien immortals who have been sent to Earth to protect the human race from their evil counterparts, the Deviants. Uh, the film is scored by Raman Juadi and it's with his Eternals theme that will begin. good how are you I'm really really great thanks um the last time I had the pleasure of seeing you I was hosting the BAFTA awards this year and what a way to start you know was what a start to the year for all the amazing recognition that you quite rightly got for Nomadland both for BAFTAs and all the other awards so in hindsight congratulations thank you so much yeah it Um, it was great to be able to at least virtually experience that yeah Totally. I almost kind of like the idea of it being people had been in an environment which was more comfortable to them. So they could genuinely show their emotions and, you know, excitement amongst their loved ones or their colleagues. It was it it added a lovely layer, I think, to this crazy world we're living. I think so. I had the absolute pleasure of watching your new film with my 13 year old son yesterday. And it was awesome. I love being able to experience films like this with him and have conversations after it. And you ignited so much in his brain um, and mine too from this film. So congratulations. For you, what was the attraction to to working on a film like Eternals? Not just coming in as a director, but obviously, you know, I, I imagine the important decision process was being able to be involved in the writing of it as well, so that it was truly your voice throughout this film. Well, I have been a fan of the MCU for 
10 years now. And uh, when the Infinity Saga w- was completed, th- there's a lot of question of like, where do we go from here? And Jack Kirby, when he created Eternals, it was very much a group of characters that existed outside the mainstream, popular characters in the mainstream narrative. When you get to take a step back, you kind of look at a bigger picture and for us to be able to go back in time mm. uh, to explore the origin uh, of the MCU, the mythology of the Celestials, and then uh, also to experiencing uh, our planet and, and, and the planet these heroes has been protecting for uh, 27 movies, you know, <laughs> uh, let's, look at, let's look at this planet, let's look at these people from the perspective of 10 of them who's been around for a long time. It's a quite unique perspective shift mm. for, for the MCU. So that actually really excited me as a fan. I almost feel like every character, you know, within this could almost have had their own film, to be honest, because there's so much, there's Mm -hmm. so much story available to each and every one of them. What I loved was that moment where they dispersed and went their own ways to exist within Earth with humans. And then when we found them and we saw what they had, how they had found themselves in their experience of living on earth. I love that. And I love the difference between them all as well. In terms of kind of creating that and writing that and making that really important so that it gave a voice to people as well. Was that something you were really conscious of when you were writing that element of the script? Well, there there was a treatment when I came into the process and that treatment was what what made me go, oh, this is is not an easy task, but it's a really unique one because I think coming off the Avengers, you know, coming off the Infinity Saga, what they, the, the MCU have done is build each character on their own and then bring them together. In this case, um, there are 10 characters, actually it was 12 at the beginning, we had to, we had to uh, <laughs> turn it into 10. Um, but these characters, and then and you see them at the beginning, they were together you find them later individually. So it's almost the opposite of how the Avengers came together. And, and for me, what was interesting was that instead of doing origin stories on each of them, we meet them as a group. Mm-hmm. And even though they're very diverse and different, because you're telling stories about people that's been around since the dawn of time, it's quite important to try to represent as much diversity as possible. Um, but what was interesting is that they, they are so different, and yet you are told from the beginning to think that they're a family unit. Yeah. And then you start to acknowledge them as individuals because they have picked up some good and some bad habits from us. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I love as well how each of the, you know, the characters and the actors who, 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 who bring those roles to life there, you can see that they are really kind of relishing these roles of kind of, you know, a Barry Keown. I'm such a fan of Barry. I think he's an amazing kind of, you know, he's 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 a firecracker. You never really quite know as a an actor what he's going to do next sort of thing. But oh, I thought did you say Barry? Did you say yeah, Barry? Barry? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I just thought he was the confidence he showed in this character and the swagger, and I just I I loved I loved watching him I mean all of them I thought were, were amazing but in particular Barry just kind of really 
I don't yeah. know. I've just I think it's because I'm such a fan of his work sort of thing. I think that he's a really interesting in character. Um, and for you as a director, working with this, you know, with this ensemble, with this this kind of wonderful kind of gang of 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 actors, how was that for you? Each of them is very, very different because Barry, for example, usually after I say, I'll say, cut, great job, Gemma, cut, great job, Leah, cut, Barry, posture, what happened? <laughs> this is more the dynamic. <laughs> um, so, because I know, I know Barry um, ages before um, uh, I started filming and uh, I was really impressed with Marvel opening to hire him, you know, because he has not hasn't done any big movies at the time. But incredible films like Killing of a Sacred Deer. I guess he was in Dunkirk, but you know, never like this. And and I I I was for me, there's something very raw about him. This entire mm-hmm. casting process was that is there something in this person that already resemble our characters? And on top of that, is there something in this person that I wish my character have? So when they come in as a human being, I know they're talented, but I get to mine what's already there. And Barry, <laughs> there's a raw energy in him. And there's also a child in Barry. He's yeah. a child as well. There's an innocence and there's an idealism, you know, hopeful. And he, he, and then heartbreaking, you know, and, and he has that quality. So Drurig was a very different character, uh, got a different personality when it was written. And when Barry came in, I kind of look at him, the swagger, you know, for example. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's get that in. I, it used to be a little more extreme. And then we both go, that might be too much. <laughs> But we were very much going the Jack the Lad vibe. And then we, we went, no, 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 maybe we need to find a middle ground. Uh, when it came to, to music, we um, I, when I was lucky enough to chat to you about Nomadland, um, you know, you, you, we talked a lot about how you, you compared yourself to coming from the Terrence Malick School of Filmmaking when it came to music with regards to favouring existing pieces of music, whether that be Ludovico uh, Anudi or Oliver Arnold's, all those kind of amazing, amazing people. For this, how was it kind of stepping into this type of world and and knowing that it was going to be a different experience for you when it came to music? Or did you approach it in the same way? And also, you know, Raman as your, um, uh, Jawadi as your composer, who is, you know, when you look at his previous work, things like Iron Man and his brilliant music for Westworld or Game of Thrones, you know, he's got yeah. that kind of background of, I guess that, you know, that that idea of um of 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 mythology. You know, he's kind of he's yeah. in that myth- mythological oh, yeah. world really in a way. But would you mind talking a little bit about the, the music in in Eternals and and how you approached it? It's funny that you said that, and I thought, yeah, he also did Clash of the Titans. You know, he oh, seems wow. to yeah. be. He seems to be, or a title, one of those titans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he seems to be uh, uh, really. Th- th- there's a grandness, like mythological thing, about his his scores.
You know,、um, the way Wang Karwei uses music is is has probably more so as Terry's、um, you know philosophical filmmaking has influenced me. It's the way Wang Karwei uses score music. What he does is that he 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 repeats themes throughout the movie. Yeah, with yeah. different, and he change it up a little bit, and that's how he evoke this the feelings at different parts of film with with this different characters. Not like he's attached one theme to one character,、mm-hmm. and I、uh, and he's because his film is always an ensemble of people who are going through sh- similar themes. And for Eternals, we we knew it's going to be thousands of years. It's going to be many different locations, many characters. So Ramin, from the beginning, we were we were talking about let's create, let's pick a couple of. Themes that address some of the inner conflicts human beings have, you know, memories and purpose and love and these things. Let's create themes. So we created、yeah. seven or some like really gorgeous themes that Ramin put together, and then have them play throughout the film, and also with different instruments depends on the time period and yeah, different yeah. type of whether it's hard or bass or it's soft and and or it's like you know when Sprite in the end it turns into more of a almost like a music box piano gentle, and that was the approach. It's brilliant because there's a there's a couple of moments as well. It feels like I, what I love about the score is that it's not one thing, it's not one type of theme, and and I, and I think that's been kind of beautifully conveyed from the way you talk about it with the idea of it having to transcend so long of a period、um, yeah. for these different characters.
I love the choice of needle drops as well. And <laughs> is that fun for you? Is that yeah, a fun side to it? Like, like the 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 soundtrack, the, <laughs> the, the tracks of this film. I have to say that like it does represent the. Uh, how I, I would not say weird, but like eccentric I am as a person because <laughs> this group of pop uh, songs, you know, you don't think Marl Haggard and BTS and Pink Floyd and <laughs> yeah. uh, Skeeter Davis belongs to the same album, but it's really a place that Marvel gave me, I mean, they gave me a lot of freedom, period. But this is like, they just let me run with it and, and okay. juicy, you know, just just these these are the songs that I love. and. Um, and these these turtles are very diverse in the sense that they you know they live in different parts of the world and then they they pick up different things. tone of the film is wonderful because you know when that when that phone goes off and Lizzo blasts out yeah. it's kind of it's 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 a really human moment you know in terms of going god our mobile phones always go off at the most inappropriate times and stuff and it's yeah. a real and that ringtone is a real insight and I think to someone as well which well is... you know Cersei is partying in Camden so you know she that's uh I she's heard that song before for sure she's dancing <laughs> to the very end because that's the that's the wonderful thing that Marvel have encouraged us to do as humans is to celebrate all the amazing people yes. that have worked on this film by watching all the credits because we want to see these little kind of segments that come up at the end and stuff and you yeah. you made that even more entertaining with the with the choice of foreigner at the end there as well oh you gotta have <laughs> you know exactly I love that song and and also I, I'm so glad you pointed that out because I always stay for the credits because, I mean, over 10,000 people's work on this film, I think, you know, and, wow. and uh, yeah, 
and from all over the world and doing <laughs> before and after doing and after COVID. And it's just, I, I wake up every morning feeling extremely grateful for that. Um, I mean, how lucky am I? And, and uh, to be able to sit there and watch all the names and, and it never gets old. I love looking at it and what they did. And, and it's great for, I mean, for even young people to sit through so they understand what are each the departments, you know, like, and, and now just when they see image, they can understand how many people behind it to make that one image happen. Congratulations, sorry, our time's run up, but it's it's great to chat to you. What a wonderful year, you know, in, in terms of starting it with all the accolades and recognition for Nomadland and then giving us eternal. So thank you, Chloe. Have a great day. Lovely to chat to you. Thank you. soundtrack to the Eternals that feels like the first time by Foreigner rounding off this latest episode of soundtracking with Chloe Zhao my huge thanks to Chloe for sparing the time to talk to us she is an absolute treat to spend time with Eternals is on general release now with Ramen's score also well worth checking out Head to edithbowman.com to hear every single episode of the podcast, including my previous chat with Chloe and interviews with many people involved with Marvel films. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And please do leave us a rating and a review on iTunes if you get a second. Next up this Thursday, Pablo Laran joins me to discuss Spencer. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. <laughs>